0: Money FM 89.3. Best of Breakfast. Mind your business. Only on Money FM
1: 89.3. Good morning and welcome to breakfast. Now, Ryan, a lot of companies talk about doing more when it comes to ESG than there's this question.
0: Can they actually achieve what they plan to do? Yep, talk is easy. So how do they do it? Well, one company has big plans with the potential to make a big impact and that is Grab. Mm -hmm. And it plays a big role in many facets of our lives, whether they're taking a ride, whether they're ordering for food deliveries or any of their other services. Yes, with millions of Grab users and business partners across Southeast Asia,
1: the decisions the company makes in its sustainability journey will have a profound impact you know in our daily lives um, and operations shaping a better environment for all
0: okay so as part of that approach they recently released their esg report 2022 and there is a new goal of zero packaging waste in nature by 2040 so let's understand what's going on here with iris chang she is the head of sustainability for grab
1: good morning iris Good morning. Thanks so much, Ryan and Lindy, for having me on the show. Welcome to the show. Now, let's dive straight in. A new goal to achieve zero packaging waste in nature by 2040. Wow, that's a really big task. And I I imagine it will involve changes through the entire value chain. And I know you've mapped out a two-phase approach to reach the target. So let's start with the first phase. What is the focus here?
2: Yeah, so uh, maybe I'll start with some context as to why we've set this target, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So Grab operates uh, across Southeast Asia and in most of our markets, actually almost 70% of waste remains uncollected or illegally dumped even until today. So it is indeed one of the largest environmental challenges in the region. So as a food delivery platform, we recognize that, you know, food packaging waste is... um, indeed an inherent byproduct of our services right so but although we don't own the restaurants uh, and thus we can't control what packaging they use but we want to do our part to support our merchants to reduce their environmental impact arising from packaging waste and help them through this uh, transition towards uh, sustainability so yes we have set this goal which is very challenging because you know food packaging waste management is indeed a very complex challenge that require many systemic challenges so in phase 1 which is from now until 2030 we will focus on reducing unnecessary waste and move away from single use plastics with mm-hmm. the goal of diverting 30% of plastic packaging by 2030. So this sort of like builds on our efforts, which we have started since 2019 actually, to encourage our consumers to opt out from receiving single-use cutlery uh, you know, when they, they make orders with us. So in 2022 alone, we actually saved more than 898 million sets of single-use cutleries across the region. Uh, but what we will focus on next is how do we reduce other unnecessary items, you know, when you order food delivery, there's all these other, you know, sauce sachet, uh, napkins, mm. and all of these things, mm-hmm. um, as well as over packaging. you know, like you get a plastic within a plastic within another plastic. Sometimes it happens because uh, merchants are very conscious about, you know, spillage and stuff. And how do we, you know, uh, eventually also want to replace single-use plastics with compostables in case it gets leaked to nature, at least it biodegrades itself. Um, yeah, so that's so that's the direction that we're heading. Now, education, the utilization of data and tech, as well as partnering to find these economical and scalable solutions, um, with ecosystem players will be super important for us because we don't, we ultimately don't want to overburden, mm-hmm. you know, our merchant partners, especially the SMEs.
0: Yeah, Iris, you mentioned a lot of it is up to the merchant. So this is where you come in with support, right? Help us understand what sort of support we're looking at. Are you looking at maybe incentives for them to move away from less plastic? How do you incentivize them?
2: Yeah, so... I mean, incentives might be one way, but I mean, if you think about the long term and uh, how sustainable that is as well, um, it's also a question, right, whether who can maintain this incentive in the long run. Um, I think our thinking model right now, it's more like, what can we change systemically? So instead of thinking of like, what carrots can we reward, but what systems can we put in place that when they make their packaging purchase Decisions, it will already be um, sustainable mm-hmm. in the context of their own country's uh, waste management. Uh, so that they don't have to, you know, worry is this packaging good, not good? Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to degrade, not degrade? So mm-hmm. we want to have those solutions, whether it's replacing it or whether it's actually eventually building circularity. So the solutions that they take could be, you know, something that consumers can return or recycle and not you know ultimately create more waste in nature
0: yeah i've got a bit of a follow-up question so you're aiming for zero packaging waste by 2040 you need to measure it somehow how do you go about figuring out how to measure it and where are you right now because i'm thinking hey every time i order a food delivery i have to throw it away is that considered waste (laughs)
2: Yes, yes, it is considered waste. And so actually with waste, right, it's a lot more complex. So it's not like carbon emissions where they have a standardized accounting methodology. We don't have that today, especially not for a platform like ours. So there are standards. If you're a factory, you are producing goods, you can calculate, you know, how much plastics you use, but because we are a platform. So what we did is we were doing auditing Mm -hmm. last year to see actually what types of waste is generated from our platform and we reference the guidelines for corporate plastic stewardship, which has referenced, uh, you know, works by Alan MacArthur Foundation, the UNEP, IUCN, and others. So, what we do is actually, we have be segregated, the types of waste as well as the materials of waste that's facilitated through our mm-hmm. platform. So we measure the plastic contribution per GMV that is consumed, that, that goes out to the consumers, right, from the merchants. And we think this is a robust enough indicator through, you know, the mid to long term for us to, to keep measuring. That's how we measure it.
1: Aris, uh, I want to talk about uh, a bit more about the partnerships that Grab will need to develop in order to achieve its uh, zero-packaging waste goal. Tell us more about your collaboration, perhaps, with government agencies or other waste management companies.
2: Yeah, sure. So, I talked about phase one just now, but that's mm-hmm. also the phase two, which mm-hmm. uh, extends up to 2040. So, by that time, we really... Are trying to, you know, our vision is to build a, a real circular economy. And in order to get that, we need to already start building partnerships to understand how to get there in each step, whether it's reduce, reuse, or recycle. So, to give you some examples of partnerships we've embarked currently, in Indonesia, we offer uh, Grab Express Recycle. Basically, this is a partnership between us and then non-aqua, as well as an NGO called Octopus. And it allows for doorstep pickup of recyclables. So like, you know, Ryan, you were saying that after you eat your food, you have all these plastics, basically what you can do is you will then book a Grab Express recycle. They will oh. come to your door mm, and pick up your your okay. your plastics, and then they'll send to a recycling center that's uh, managed by known Aqua as well as Otobus. So in 2022 alone, this partnership has contributed to over 10,000 kilograms of recyclables. Um, So that's one. Uh, In Malaysia, we have also tried another variant of recycling. So we have signed an MOU with the Malaysian Research Accelerator for Technology and Innovation, as well as Clean uh, Waste Management Startup. Uh, We have rolled out uh, reverse vending machines that are AI-driven And we are the first in the country, and I need to check whether we are in the region as well, But uh, as in the first in the region. But uh, this AI reverse vending machine can detect whether the plastics that you put in is the food packaging type that we accept or not. So if you throw in all kinds of rubbish, you know, like paper, newspaper, all this that we don't collect through that machine, then it will actually reject it. Uh, And we've started this pilot in April 2023. And we seek to learn from all these partnerships in order for us to build a scalable you know, solution for future.
0: We're in conversation with Iris Chang. She is the Head of Sustainability for Grab. Now, Iris, you've also got your eye on carbon neutrality by 2040. And this, of course, will involve your ride-healing part of the business. And to some large degree, it will mean transitioning your ride-healing fleet to become low-emission vehicles. And I know when I order Grab right now, I have the option to pay, for example, 10 cents for a greener ride. What does this mean for consumers down the road with that ambition in place? Would that mean higher prices down the road? for them and to some degree how much will consumers be willing to I guess pay to be greener yeah.
2: Ryan the 10 cents that you mentioned today it's a voluntary uh, contribution if a consumer would like to actually make a contribution towards offsetting a footprint now does it mean that in the future we will have to you know increase prices it does not necessarily mean that because like while we set the target for 100% of our fleet to be you know low emission vehicles by 2030 till date We have close to 50% of the vehicles on Grab's platform in Singapore already supported by EVs and hybrids. So it is heading towards our target. And we have rolled out features like eco-friendly rides toggle, which prioritizes electric and hybrid vehicles for no extra charge, by the way. And because it does help to drive, you know, increase of demand towards those drivers so that it will encourage them to use an EV or a hybrid as their choice when they take up rides. So, last year alone, 4.4 million rides were actually taken on this toggle. Mm. Now, admittedly, yes, most of our lower emission vehicles today on our platform are hybrids because EVs are still not on price parity yet. Although, we are starting to see more economically viable alternatives being launched, not just in Singapore, but across the region where, you know, EV prices are starting to come down, right? So, and we ourselves, you know, we are also not just waiting for all of this to just happen on its own. We do many partnership efforts to actually support this transition of our drive partners. So this year alone in Singapore, we partnered MO Batteries to trial battery swapping technology for Mm. two-wheel vehicles and to share that data to guide uh, future planning for such technology. Uh, we do work with SP Group as well to provide preferential EV charging rates to our driver partners, and our Grab Rentals in Singapore actually offers subsidies for any driver who wants to take an EV to bring the cost to be on par with petrol vehicles.
0: Okay, I got a follow-up question here. Of course, uh, this is in the news lately. The acquisition of Transcap. Is that going to mean that you need to accelerate fleet renewal plans, at least for the part of business? Because I imagine many of those taxis are around diesel.
2: Um, Well, I can't share too much details of this because we have just closed the deal. Uh, But actually, it's not that most of the fleet is uh, running on diesel. Actually, the larger proportion is already on hybrids. And definitely, there are plans laid out for us to transition the, the diesels in the short term, actually. We do want to transition it out of diesel.
1: Fantastic. Iris, before we let you go, Grab just marked its 10th anniversary last year. How would you sum up the first decade and what can we look forward to in the next 10 years?
2: Yeah, we've definitely come a very long way. Um, the first iteration of our app was actually launched in 2012 with the hope of helping to improve transport safety. So it's quite incredible to imagine that, you know, a decade later, one in 20 people in the region use our app to write, eat or pay every month. And we've truly come this far, really, really is because the support of millions of everyday entrepreneurs who trust us every day to help them accessing opportunities. Now, looking ahead at the next decade, we actually intend to really double down further on building a sustainable and inclusive platform, one that focuses on the three key pillars that are very important to us. The first, which is building sustainable and resilient partner livelihoods. Um, The second, a safe and trusted platform. And the third is a platform that mitigates our environmental challenges and bring real impact and solutions for climate positive world.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Iris. Iris Chung, the Head of Sustainability of Grab. Thank you.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.